Well, welcome. Uh, my name is Aaron. Um, for those of you, of you viewing online, welcome. We wish you were here. Um, guys, a couple of things. Uh, I know I've made it uh, mentioned in the past, but uh, if you guys uh, want to fill out a Connect card, uh, you can put it in the box in the back, as well as if you have any tither offering or even for our missionaries overseas, you can place it in the, uh, in the box in the back. We are glad you're here. Welcome. Let's start with some prayer. Father, you are worthy of all the adoration and all the glory and all the praise that we could even muster and more. We want to have that posture in our hearts this morning. We want to surrender this time. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and dwell richly in this place. Father God, help us to be malleable and moldable and shapeable to your purpose for your good pleasure. Be with our worship team. Be with our pastor. Do what only you can do, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and worship the Lord. Welcome you here, Lord Jesus. 
today we're going to celebrate the Lord's table, communion. And um, the last song and this one represent everything about that table. And what amazing love um, that God had for us. And I still cannot wrap my head around that he would create the story even before he created anything. He, he sat down and made a story and, and we're part of that story. And if you're a believer today, it's an awesome story. And it's not just today, it's for eternity. And I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to bow before him personally and thank him. And we'll have so much time, as many times as we want to even. And we'll never not feel like doing that. It'll always be right there. It's going to be awesome. What love, my God. Sing this to him right now. Don't look at us. Don't hear the band. Literally, just look at God and sing it to him. Oh, great. 
so gracious and extreme was strong enough to come and fight for me. watching everything alive, the whole earth, the trees, the animals even. And you're watching every soul. And today we are here gathered at SEC and you're watching us. You're here because there's believers here. And you said that wherever a believer is, you would be there. So thank you today that you're here right now. And Father, we are desperate, desperate for your word to penetrate our hearts, to change us. We just don't want to listen and go out with nothing that affected our walk with you. We, we know that we're lacking. We confess that we are lacking in a lot of areas. And so, Father, today, help our ears to be tuned that we may walk out these doors and be strong and courageous in the wild, beastly world because you are strong. You are with us. Help us to be confident in that. And, Father, today, if there's a soul here that is doubting and especially knows for certain that they know they don't know you, they, they're curious about you, Father, may today, as your word says many times, today is the day of salvation. We ask for you to, Holy Spirit, come and whisper and let the seed fall and let God germinate it with his water of his word. We love you, God. We are grateful. We can't believe that you let sinful people serve you and minister, but it's not about us. It's about you in us, and we thank you for that. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Wow, it's getting to, to be looking like a spaghetti factory up here with all these cords and stuff. <laughs> so uh, that's good. That's progress that we're making with our band, and uh, it's good to hear them this morning. Uh, I got to do something before I forget. Um, uh, you know, our last three Sundays, uh, where's Katie? Okay, we'll have to do it. Remind me, Aaron, at the end of the service, they want to join a church, and I've been meaning to present them as members. They've already, we've already talked about this, and I just wanted to make it public. And uh, I think it was for the last three Sundays, I forgot to do this. And uh, so uh, you guys remind me after the service, all right? And uh, we'll get that taken care of. Uh, one other thing, this Wednesday night, um, we'll be doing uh, a teaching here at the church uh, on how to be a witness for Jesus Christ. We just went through a, a series um, dealing with uh, Acts 1-8 that God said that he would empower us to be a witness. That's for every believer, that we can be a witness. And, and what that is saying is that we can bring our friends and family to Jesus Christ. You can be an instrument that, that uh, testifies of what God has done, and you can lead them to Jesus Christ. And it's a wonderful thing. We don't want you to miss that special blessing it is. It's one of the greatest rewards in life is, is to be an instrument used by God to introduce them to Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful thing and a great reward for that. And so this Wednesday night, we're going to talk about how to witness to your family and friends, your neighbors. And so you come this Wednesday night, and uh, it's quite simple to be a witness. Even a caveman can do it. <laughs> or a cavewoman. Well, and you, you come to the, uh, Wednesday night, and uh, we'll give you some practical ways how you can be a witness, even starting this week. Well, if you have your notes, please take them out and turn into your Bibles to the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. Now, today I'm excited to announce that we are starting a series or a journey through this great book of Joshua. It is the sixth book in your Bible, so if you're having a difficult time of finding it, Start with Genesis and go six books to the right there, and you will come to the book of Joshua. It's right after the, what we call the law or the Pentateuch, Pentateuch, which means five, and uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and then you have Joshua. It's an important book. It's, a, it's an incredible, a great book. Uh, it has one of these wonderful stories about God's power. It takes you to some highs and to, and to some lows. So as we go through this journey through Joshua, we'll be inspired to trust God at a deeper level. Your faith will grow deeper as we go through the book of Joshua. And so we're going to see this, and we also are going to have to deal with some difficult issues. Some come to this book and find that it is one of the most difficult books in the Bible to process. When it comes to concerning the instruction that God says, I want you to go, Joshua, and lead the people of Israel, the, the army of Israel, and I want you to go and, and I want you to kill uh, everybody in that nation. That's a difficult, how do you process that? 
to go in and to make sure that from the old to the youngest, even the animals are, are killed. How do we say this? And this is the most difficult thing, one of the most difficult things in the Bible to process. How can a loving, gracious God give orders for a genocide of a nation? How do you marry that? So we're going to be dealing with that later on as, as we go through this book. We also observe how we can pass our faith on to the next generation. This is a transitional book of leadership. This answers one of the main reasons as we think about this of, of why children who grow up in the church leave the church after they become an adult. What is with that? And I'll say this, the key to this, and we'll be talking, I can't wait to preach um, when we come to Mother's Day, we're going to be talking about this. But how can a, someone who has grew, grew up in church, then when they get to an age of adulthood and making their own choices, and they leave the faith, they leave the church? One of the key there is that is our faith in God is better caught than taught. We'll elaborate on more as we look into the book of uh, Joshua. We'll also answer the question, what is so special about this desert location that God leads the nation of Israel to occupy this area? And what's so special? And he calls it the promised land. It's literally a desert. And he calls it the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So we'll look at that. So let's begin reading out of Joshua, and let's look at chapter 1, and uh, let's read a couple verses, all right? We'll get our feet wet, and as we get into this book of Joshua, it says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan and all the people, and into the land that I'm giving to them, the people of Israel, <clears throat> Now, it's estimated that uh, there's about 2 million people here that are lined up. They're camped on the, along the Jordan River, preparing to cross over the Jordan River into what we call, what God calls the promised land. It started with the promise that he gave to Abraham. He, he gave it also to his son Isaac and to his grandson Jacob. And on in now, he's given this promise <clears throat> to Joshua as, as well. <clears throat> so the land that God had promised... And the descendants of Abraham would, would occupy. So they're lined up, they're poised, ready to go into the promised land. Moses has been their leader, bringing them out of Egypt, leading them to the promised land. And you remember that is a colorful leadership. You know, from the Egypt and letting my people go, Pharaoh, and those ten plagues. And finally they let them go, and, and they, they get into the wilderness. And, uh, but there's a hiccup. You see, the hiccup, instead of going directly from Egypt to the promised land, the hiccup is that they disobeyed God by not trusting him and the consequences of their disobedience that they would wander in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years they wandered because they did not trust God. Until that generation who chose to disobey God had died. God said that when this generation dies, the next generation I'm going to take into the promised land. How did they disobey God? Well, they simply put, simply put, they were afraid to move forward and conquer the land. They were fearful. Fear kept them from enjoying the promises that God, the blessings that God wanted to give them. Fear held them back. 
Fear can help us or keep us from growing. It can keep us stuck. It can keep us where we're at and we're afraid to take that next step, go to that next level in our relationship with God, go to, the, go to that next, be used to God in a greater way. Fear can keep us from enjoying the promised land, from enjoying the blessings. So that was a hiccup. But also there was a hiccup for Moses. He disobeys God by hitting the rock twice for the water. You remember that story? How they, God says, we know you, I know you need water, so speak to this rock. And he spoke to the rock, and, and the water came out. And then the second time they needed water, and God said, well, I, Moses, this time don't speak. I want you to hit it. And Moses disobeyed God and struck the rock twice. And the reason it was, that's a significant because he was missing up or messing up a visual of what Jesus Christ and how he would come and how we would receive Jesus Christ. Never forget that. And throughout the Old Testament, the, the Old Testament is, is one picture, one visual of Jesus Christ. From Genesis all the way to Malachi, there is the picture of Jesus Christ, of Jesus Christ. In fact, when we think of the, of the book of Joshua, and we think of that going into the promised land, we think of that Jesus is the deliverer. He's the conqueror, and we can trust him. We can follow his leadership uh, into the promised land. And we call that, you know, we can call that the blessings of God here upon earth, but we can call that uh, heaven as well. That one day was, as the city was talking about earlier, is that we make that transition into the life after. And Jesus is going to be our Joshua. But understand also, as, as we see this picture over and over again in, in, the, in the Old Testament, is that Jesus is, is in the shadows. Jesus is there, and, and you can see him in different pictures. And and, and it, the, the description of Joshua is very clear to us in his actions, but also in his name, because his name literally means the Lord is salvation. And Joshua is like the Hebrew of the Greek word for Jesus. And so when we talk about Joshua, we're, it's a direct line or link to Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so we have Moses who, is, who dies and Joshua takes his place. Let's turn back one chapter to, to Deuteronomy chapter 37, the last chapter in, in Deuteronomy, and let's read about Moses' death. Chapter 37, and begin reading verse 7. And Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes was undimmed, and his vigor unabated. <clears throat> Lou and I were talking earlier about, the, you know, eyesight and so forth. Moses, it's, it's mentioned here that his, his eyesight was undimmed. Now, the important part of that reference is that you remember how that, that Moses, because he struck the rock uh, the second time, God said, you're not going to enter into the promised land. You're going to stay on this side of the Jordan someone else. But God says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to let you see the promised land. So his, his vision is undimmed. God had given him good vision because he wanted to make sure that Moses, you could see the promised land. And it was a promise being full, uh, uh, fulfilled uh, to Moses. And so his eyes was undimmed. He could see it. 
He was there. And the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. And so Moses is, is, is going off to the scene, of course, through death, and once again, Joshua takes his place, the leadership. It's something how that God's mission or God's vision, God's purpose, God's promise does not depend upon man. And even the death of a man, that God still had a plan for it to be fulfilled, to go forward. And it was through Joshua. We may say, well, why Joshua? Well, first of all, he was appointed by God. We won't take time to read this, but in Numbers chapter 27, God, call, God tells Moses to take Joshua to the priest and appoint him publicly as their leader in front of the whole community to, to show. And, and, and we just read this, how that Moses laid his hands on him as well and said, this is my successor. This is what, who's going to complete what I wasn't able to do because of you know, Moses' disobedience. And so he was appointed by God. So that makes him pretty good uh, a leader there for the nation of Israel. But also, as we think, uh, Joshua was qualified because he was full of the spirit of wisdom. It's like he was saying that he was uh, full of God. The spirit of God was upon him. And, and when you looked at Joshua, you not only saw Joshua, but you saw the spirit of God working in him. That when Joshua talked, you saw the spirit of God talking it was the Spirit of God that was, was coming through him. And so you could see that he was a godly leader, one that was to be respected and followed. And number three, Joshua was Moses' personal assistant for 40 years. Couldn't think of a better place as Moses mentored Joshua. And Joshua followed Moses. He respected Moses. He listened to Moses. And so Moses was there mentoring Joshua to take his place. Let me stop and say this, my friend. We need to have, first of all, Moses in our life. Listen, you need to get alongside. You need to see somebody that you respect, and you need to get close to that individual, to that man or to that lady. I prefer a man to a man and a lady to a lady to get close to, okay? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you need to get close to that individual. And you need to follow them as they have grown in their relationship with the Lord. You need to, you need to find somebody that, that, that is like a Moses to you. And then you need to have a Joshua in your life as well. So you see that we need to have Moses in our lives because we want to go where that person is. You need to, to select and ask God, if you don't have it, ask God to show and reveal, God, I want a mentor that, that I can look up to. I talked to Aaron. Aaron's got a spiritual mentor in his life. I know Aaron. And, and he has somebody, and, and Katie have, have a couple in their life that have mentored them, and, and they look up to, and, and they go to. They have Moses in their life. We need to have a Moses in our life. And we also need to turn around, and we need to have a Joshua in life that we are pouring ourselves in. Because, listen, folks, we want to replace ourselves in the ministry, in the kingdom of God. We want to turn and say, I'm going to hand this baton. You know, my, my time has ceased. 
but your time has just begun, Joshua. And Moses handed the baton of ministry off to, to uh, Joshua. And so we see that, uh, that uh, because he was assistant from Moses, uh, from Moses for the 40 years, and he knew what it meant to lead a people of Israel. And then number four, Joshua and Caleb were the only two spies that showed complete obedience and faith that God would help them to conquer land. Now, this is important to understand as we get into this book here. It is believed that Joshua, at this, age, at this time, when, when we f- find the, the, the story here, that he's about 85 years old. He dies at 110 at the, at the end of the book of Joshua. So for about 20, 25 years is the unfolding of the book of Joshua. And that 20, 25 years is one constant battle after another. And so at the end of his life, Joshua is called into this position to be a general, to be a a commander of of an army, to go in and to conquer, that God has appointed him to that place. And so there he is. And, And as you think about this, now remember, Joshua, because of his faith and because of, he didn't, you remember the 12 spies that they went in, you know, 10 said, no, we can't, they're too big, the giants, they're there, we can't, we're like grasshoppers in their eyes. And Joshua and Caleb said, no, we can go in, let's go. And the people of Israel were, of course, um, chastised by God. And, they, and God said, listen, that generation that didn't trust me, that feared, that didn't believe, they aren't going into the promised land. But now Joshua and Caleb, you get to go into the promised land. Now think about this. A whole generation has died off. And the only old two people in the nation are Joshua and Caleb. And probably his family, his wife. And so there's, there's this there's this young family generation you know i don't know maybe it's a 40 and under I, I, we're not clear about that but it's definitely the the older generation had died off and the younger generation had came into a position that god was going to use them to lead them to the promised land now i say this not to dist uh, older people because i am one <laughs> i just turned I just turned 60. And um, and by the way, I think it was last Sunday, one of the young people came up to me and says, I can't believe you're 60. I thought you were 40. So he's my best friend right now. Yeah. I'm not distant older people. Joshua is 85. He's 85. And he steps into a position that's needed, and he does a wonderful job. Uh, You know, we don't find negative things about Joshua. Uh, You know, if if it would be anything, it would be, oh, he may be a little timid and maybe feeling inadequate that he needs that encouragement. He's 85 years old. Now, here's the thing. You might be 85 below or above that number. Listen, God will use you 
where you're at. And if you will do that, it can be amazing things what God, how God will use you. Listen, when we're talking about being used by God, it isn't our ability that God uses. It's the power of God working in us and through him. It's his ability, not ours ability, that performs his mission. And so we see that Joshua comes and becomes one of the greatest generals who ever lived in the scriptures and possibly ever. He accomplished the impossible in spite of incredible odds and opposition, and his whole life was engaged in some kind of battle or struggle. For 20, 25 years, one battle after another battle after another battle after another battle. I think there was like 30 different kings that came against Joshua and the people of Israel. And many of us can identify with that. Life can seem like a long battle or a series of battles. And we go into one situation that's full of tension and full of battle, and then we come out of that, and, we get, and then we go into another one. Or we come in, then we maybe have several battles going on in our life. We can identify with Joshua. Joshua is a good book for us to look at. You know, every once in a while, I call my dad. I, I talk to my parents, you know, at least once every week, and I'll share them maybe what's going on in my life or whatever, and, 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 and if there's some, you know, tension in my life, and I'll share it. And, and uh, he would always say this. He says, my dad always says this. He said, with the blessings comes the battle. The battles of our lives are connected with the blessings of God. Those who engage in the battles are blessed. So I stated in the opening chapter that we find the phrase, be strong and courageous. You're going to be in a battle to move forward for God. The blessings come with the battles, and the battles come with the blessings. You can't separate them. They both come together. When I was in a Christian school, I really didn't want to be there. I went through a rebellious season in my life as a young person. And I remember a supervisor, his name was Drew Gill. He, he'd say to me, Gary, he said, he said time and time again, I, I, I don't know, he tried to speak life into me. He said, he said, Gary, you can either be like this dead log floating down the current with everybody else, just going with the flow, or you can decide that you're going to be different and follow God. Now, that impacted my life. He was my Moses at that time. Impacted my life that God could use me to make a difference in people's life. It impacted me as a young man. Joshua and Caleb stood out. You know, at the end of this chapter, excuse me, end of this book, is Joshua made this proclamation that we ought to all memorize. Is, as he said, as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Now, when you make a statement like that, not everybody's going to appreciate that statement. And it goes against the grain. It goes against culture. It goes against a lot of things. But, and so there is a battle, but there's also the blessings that come with it. So Moses is dead, and Joshua becomes the new leader of the children of Israel. And it's clear that because of the way God wrote the Scripture, that he is feeling inadequate 
You need to be propped up. You need to be encouraged to go forward in being the leader of the nation of Israel. And so as we think about this, as we look at this, we, maybe we can think of some things or some areas in our, our heart or in our life that we feel weak and timid, that we're fearful about. Maybe there's something that God is asking us to do. You know, even talk about being a witness. I want to be a witness, but man, I just don't know how to talk to people. I feel so... And so God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. He says, have not I commanded you to be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So as followers of Jesus and following Jesus Christ and being used by God, being a servant of, of Christ, is that we could, can come to a place that we could be courageous. We may be, still be fearful. I don't know if we'll ever get to a place that we're fearless, but we can have confidence. We can have a boldness and courage to go forward. When we say be strong and confident, the world has a... a and a response to this is like, you, you just think, you know, you just muster up your strength. You just look inside in the power. You just, you just start doing these things and, and your inner self and you just pump yourself up. And with this and this action and these things, and you're going to be strong. But here we have God giving some instructions to Joshua. And I want you to pay attention for this, is that these instructions will help us to be strong and courageous. So let's go through this book, uh, this first book, uh, chapter of Joshua. Verses 1 through 4, strength and courage rest upon a clear assignment from God. Let me read. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people in the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. And every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Listen, there's no such thing as courage apart from mission. Just as there's no mission, no, there is no such thing as faith apart from challenge. Faith, there's going to be a challenge. You're not just courageous to be courageous, but you're courageous for something. You know where God is leading. When you have a clear assignment, I know this is what God wants me to do. There's courage in that. When you figure that out, when you know this, and when you hear from God, and it's obvious that God told Joshua, clearly, as I said to Moses, and we could even go back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it's clearly, this is the land. And he describes it, this place, this place. This land is yours. I'm going to lead it. And here's the thing. Wherever God leads, he provides. If you're confident God is asking you to do something, you may question yourself. You may doubt yourself. You may even second-guess your decision. When you come to a, to a 
a realization or an understanding, confident this is what God wants me to do. And I will trust him to see it through. He'll provide for me. He'll protect me. He'll give me wisdom. He'll bring the sources for me to go from here to here as he sees fits. And there's a confidence in that, knowing that God is leading, knowing that it's clearly that God was leading. Yeah, he probably was fearful and needed the encouragement. That's why we see that over and over again. I think it's three or four times. It says, be strong and be courageous in this first chapter. And now watch this. Here's what happens. Is that when God comes to Joshua, and Joshua uh, tells him, be strong, be courageous. I want you to lead the people across the river into the promised land. And Joshua in turn turns to the people and says, listen, here's what God has said. Now prepare. Let's go and let's get in. And here's the, here's the promise that God has given us. And we know that the promised land, let's, let's prepare ourselves. And we find that in the middle of this chapter. And then I want you to notice the response of the people. And this so encouraged Joshua. In verse 16, it says, and they answered Joshua, all that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you sin, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment disobeys your words. Whatever you command in him shall be put to death, only be strong and courageous. These are the people responding back to Joshua. You, you get that? God tells Joshua, Joshua tells the people, the people then repeats it back to him, and then they say, listen, if they don't follow, we're going to take care of those guys. What encouragement that was given to Joshua through the people. Listen, God wants you to be a success in what he asks you to do. He will encourage you. Look for it. As God, as you follow God and he will encourage you, he will want you to be a success. He will put people, he will have people say things. He will make things there for you so that you will be encouraged knowing and with confidence this is the clear assignment that God wants me to do. So courage rests upon a clear assignment from God. If we're always doubting, I don't know if this is what God wants me to do, you get that settled in your heart and then you'll know and you, you will be encouraged uh, what God wants you to do. Number two, strength and courage rest upon the presence of God. Verse five, and no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Verse nine, have not I commanded you, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Don't be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Listen, God is always there. When we follow in obedience, when we're walking with him and we're doing his will, it, he is always there. His presence is there. This is his promise. And that takes great courage because as you go forward, you know that God is there with you. There have been several times in my life where I just, I didn't know, God. I know what you want me to do. And so, God, your presence kept me going forward. Your, your presence was what brought peace in my life. Your presence brought your power in my life. And I don't think God would have left Joshua high and dry. I think God would have said, okay, Joshua, I called you. You go do it, and uh, I'll wait for you on this side until you get it done. <laughs> Joshua 
have the company of God. It doesn't mean that he wasn't afraid. Encourage is not the absence of fear. The courage is working through that, is, is going forward even though there may be fear there. It means that I fear God more than I fear my environment. It means that I trust in divine resources more than the resources of man. Philip Brooks said this. He said, don't ask for tasks equal to your powers. Ask for powers equal to your task. Strength and courage rest upon the presence of God. Number three. How do we have strength and courage? Well, they rest upon the presence of God, and you've got to know and have a clear assignment. This is what God wants me to do. And number three, we find it has to do with the connection and obedience with God's word. Listen to these words, and this is the key here in this chapter here. Not only is the presence of God, but a clear assignment of God, but also the word of God. It says in verse 6, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swear to the fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all that the law that, the Mo, that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand, to the left, that you may have good success. And wherever you go, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. God said to Joshua, you're going to be in the battle for the next 25 years. You're going to be fighting. And the Bible is your instruction manual for conflict. It is the manual for the battles of life. Joshua, you're going to need the Bible. You're going to need your word. Do you realize that at that moment, you know, that all Joshua had was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the five books, the law. And maybe Job... Some believe that that was the first book ever written by God. And so all how he has is limited scriptures, but God says you have enough to go forward and be success. We have the whole Bible. We have all the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation that reveals God, all the things that God wants to show us and tell us. And one of the great promises of the Bible is that we're to keep our mind saturated with the Word of God, and if we'll do this, we will be successful. God's promise of success has absolutely nothing to do with your ability. You see, God doesn't say, man, I sure could use your help with this because you, what you have, I need to get this job done. <laughs> no, he says, what I have God's saying, what I have is what you need to get the job done. It's not your ability, but your commitment to his word that God promises will bring success in your life. It says here in, this, in the scripture, there are three ways that we can have the word of God in our life. First of all, you don't let it depart out of your mouth. We talk about the word of God. Because the Word of God is so saturated in us, we can, we can talk about the Bible. We, we can bring up things of truths of the Bible. We can talk about the Bible because it is in our heart. It is in our... And, and so let it be there. Let it 
see come into our life and grow. Number two, meditate on it day and night. Think about the Word of God. Let it dwell in you, but think and, and, and chew on it and, and, and let it just continue to, to be there in, in, in the crock proc of your mind, you know, that, that it's just simmering and, and, and you hear it and you t- think about it and you talk about it. And then the last thing, and maybe one of the hardest, is be careful to do everything written in it. When God gives you a scripture, when God gives, brings something to your mind, that we use it to correct our, our lives, that we use it to follow after righteousness, as 2 Timothy 3.16 Strength and courage rest upon your connection and obedience to God's word. If I was to have a, an interview and say, hey, how's, how's your connection with God's word? How's your obedience to his word? And say, well, it's this place. And whatever that is, that is also going to show whether we have the courage and the strength to go forward with God. Your connection with God's Word is so important that we get into the Word and let it continue to build us up and grow us in Christ. And then the fourth thing, strength and courage rests upon the steps of faith. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go to take possession of land that your God has given you to possess. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half a tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you. They also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and possess it. And the land that Moses, the servant Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan towards the sunrise. And they answered Joshua, all that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you sin, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. And whoever rebels against your commandments and disobey your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Many people think that it's just something, faith is just something you believe. The faith is more than mental uh, assent. It's more than just knowing it is action, it's a verb. You know, I believe, I can believe a plane will fly, but it doesn't mean anything until I get on board. And some of you may be right there where you're not sure if you're in or out. Listen, get on board. I believe in Jesus. Well, and that is good. But if there's no fruit or there's no action, the devil believes in God. There is action. There is fruit. There is forward. There is a trust that comes from following the Lord and his faith. Faith means to commit yourself to. You must step out in faith because faith is an action. We don't get, we're not saved by works but there will be works because of our salvation. Three times in this, pas- in this passage, the phrase, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. 
My friend, there's a lot of things in life that are going to set you back, cause you to be depressed, discourage you. But through all that, we can be strong and we can be courageous. It doesn't matter what comes in life. It could be death, it could be sickness, it could be these things that happen in relationships, it could be things that happen at work, disappointments in life. We can still be strong and be courageous. Would you bow your heads in prayer? As we bow our heads in prayer. Is there an area in your life where, say, I'm weak, I'm uncertain, I feel inadequate about this? And it, maybe it's an area where you know with confidence that God is giving you a clear assignment to do something. Stay connected to God's Word. Stay in fellowship in the relationship with, with God Himself. Just take those steps of faith. You know, when we take those steps of faith, it, as we're going to read it in the next few chapters, how that they came to this, this river. And they didn't see how they are going to get across it. The river at that time was swollen because of the spring uh, rain and it's an impossible thing to get two million people or get them across that river. And God said, Joshua, what, what I want you to do is I want you to go to that river and I want you to get in that river. And so he, with the Ark of the Covenant, stepped into that river. And once they stepped into that water, the Bible talks about the water being piled up and they crossed the river on to get to the other side. But it wasn't until they had taken that step. Oh, don't you think they were encouraged? Yes. What's God asking us to do? You're here today, you wrestle with doubt whether you're a believer or not. Open your heart to God. Trust Him. You're here today as a believer and Something has held you back, and, and maybe it's fear, fear of failing, a fear of, of hurting or being different or what people might say. All kinds of fears come into us. Fear of past failures. You feel like you, there's no way you can succeed because of the, your past. Oh, God is a powerful God, and he says, listen, be strong. Be courageous. Be bold. God will give us what we need. He gives it through his presence. He gives it through his word. He gives it through his assignments. He gives it through when we trust him and take that first step. Father, I thank you for this great book. We look forward as we go into it to get all the 
little nuggets of truth that will help us in our life because life can be a battle. To stand up for righteousness in, in an under, a righteous culture, we are going to uh, take hits. We're going to have people that will disagree, but that's okay, God. We can still be strong. We can still be courageous. Blessings upon us, God, as we trust you with all this. If there be someone here who does not know you, that they will be willing to open their heart to you. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, I'm going to ask you to stand for those who want to take uh, communion. And if you would do that, would you just stand with me? And uh, you don't have to. It's, this is your choice. And you just come into the middle aisle and then come down to the front and then go to the side and take the elements. Okay? As you take the elements, then you just go back to your seat and we'll give you some further instructions about that. two elements of the Lord's Supper both represent grace truths that God wants us to continue to remember and to not to forget the first element has to do with the body of Jesus Christ as you think about Jesus Christ and his body is being tortured and mutilated before he went to the cross we see that Jesus was constantly in a battle all the way up, and, and the crescendo of battle was there at the cross, right before we went to the cross. Satan had threw, thrown everything that he could against Jesus Christ. If there was something else that Satan good thought, he would have done it. He gave it all to destroy and to do battle, a spiritual battle, as well as a physical battle, an emotional battle against Jesus Christ. So Jesus was in a battle to do the will of God. And even at the end there, before the night, he says, okay, God, it's your will. Clear assignment. God, I know this is it. And take courage. This is God. This is your, the Father's will. Remember scripture, there's several times during that last few days and that day that scripture was brought to his mind that gave him the courage to go forward. And certainly the presence of the Father was there. So it was a fight all the way to the cross. And at the cross, it was a battle. 
But also it was a blessing. It's an eternal blessing because if Christ wasn't willing to do the battle, wasn't willing to, to take Satan on, to bruise, you know, to Satan bruise the Savior's heel and the Savior to stomp on Satan's head. He gave us a battle, and it's a blessing to us, an eternal blessing. It's a blessing today because of the battle that Christ won for us. He conquered sin. He conquered death. And so we give thanks because of that. Father, thank you for sending your Son, the Holy Spirit, to provide the means of salvation through Jesus Christ, to deliver us from sin, deliver us from hell that we may go to heaven. Thank you for that. And Father, your Son, Jesus Christ, has been the eternal blessing to us all. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take the bread. And that first layer of plastic, then you go to the second layer of uh, uncover the cup. And as the cup is there, represents the blood of Jesus Christ. The cup is the blood. It is the eternal security that covers our sin. It is the, the seal, the confidence that we know that the battle has been won for eternity because the blood of Jesus Christ covers it forever. Your sin, my sin, our sin, past, present, future, is all under the blood of Jesus Christ. And we praise God for that. Father, thank you for the precious blood of Jesus Christ who have given us freedom from sin, covered our sin, to, that would make us to be white, uh, our soul, our lives white as snow. We look forward to that one day when we meet our Savior face to face and thank him. But until then, we thank him now. In Jesus' name, amen. Take the cup. All right, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up here, and we're going to sing one more song, a closing song. And uh, I did not forget, Katie and Aaron, would you just stand right where you're at? You guys can do that. This is Katie and Aaron. They have... uh, uh, prayed about, and they've been with us a long time, been such a blessing already to our church, but they have made a commitment to join our church, be part of the church family, and so we praise God for that. I don't know how they got to our church. I think maybe through Cynthia. I know they knew Cynthia, but anyway, we're so glad Aaron and Katie are with us, and they've already been, again, a blessing to us, and they... And we want to be a blessing to them. Um, so I want you to go back and, and after the services, you know, pump, pump, you know, fist bump them or, you know, elbow them or shake your hand, whatever works for you, okay? And greet them. Let me say a prayer over that. Father, we do ask your blessings upon Aaron and Katie and their sweet girls, Abigail and Naomi. God, 
use them in a powerful way, like you did, Joshua. God, use them to uh, bless uh, and, and with their gifts that you have given them. And God, use them to encourage us and even to exhort us. And Father, also we ask that you'd help us to be a blessing to them, that we may love them, encourage them, and always be there and pray for them. And if we see that they're going off the wrong path, that we would be willing and in a loving way to kindly to encourage them to get back on that straight and narrow. We may pray for their girls that they would grow up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and that we may even mentor them or they become a mentor to us. God bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with us as we sing this last song.
Well, the song just repeats what we just heard in the message about the word and honoring him and um, loving him and his word. Let's all say together, be strong and courageous as loud as you can. Be strong and courageous. Go with God.